This is Wednesday, August 18th. In the Black Hills of South Dakota, a project is underway that was begun in 1948 by a Polish sculptor named Korzak Zelikowski. It depicts a member of the Lakota tribe of Native Americans known as Crazy Horse. Maybe you've heard of it. The magnitude of this sculpture is difficult to imagine. When completed, it will be larger than Mount Rushmore. Henry Standing Bear, another Native American, recruited Ziokowski to the project, explaining, as he said it, My fellow chiefs and I would like the white man to know that the red man has heroes too. Now here's the thing about this project. Korzak Ziokowski died almost 40 years ago. You see, he began a project he knew he could not possibly bring to completion. After his death, his wife Ruth took took oversight of the work. Sixteen years later, the head and face of Crazy Horse were completed, and Ruth herself passed along the work to others in 2010. She passed away four years later. The work continues to this day. Now here's our text for this day. Numbers chapter 17, verse 12 to 17. The Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abarim and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin, when the congregation quarreled, failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah of Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying to him, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation, who shall go out before them, and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep that have no shepherd. Now we have learned that while Moses brought the people from Egypt into the wilderness, He was not going to complete the project of bringing the people into the land. As we are told, Moses did not honor the Lord when he and Aaron brought water from the rock. He was short-tempered. He did not uh, uphold the Lord as holy, as we're told here. Now here's what happened at this point. The Lord directed Moses to go up a mountain and give him the ability to see the land. He would not enter the land. He would only see it from a distance. I really think this reflects leadership. Though you might not be able to lead the people there, you can see forward. You know where the story is going. I think great leaders have this vision. Even when they will not live to see it with with their own eyes. In a sense, leadership is envisioning a future and leading people toward it. It means not giving up because you know where the story is going. It requires strength and tenacity. But it also takes humility. And we see that in Moses as he asks God to appoint his replacement. Though his part in the mission is coming to an end, he wants to know that his people will be shepherded well and led into the land. 
Moses knows that the future always belonged to the Lord and not to him. Here's the way the Lord responds to Moses. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority that all the congregation of the people may obey. That's Numbers 27, 18 to 19. Now the selection of, Mo- of Joshua may seem to take place quickly. But after reviewing the story of Joshua and his life, you can see how the Lord has been preparing him for this moment all along. For example, early in the wilderness journey, Joshua led the people in battle. On other occasions, Joshua spent time with Moses at the tent of meeting before the face of God. And yes, he was one of the two faithful spies that returned with a good report from the land. And he pleaded with the people to trust the Lord and to go into the land. Now God sets him apart to finish the work that Moses started. Of course, this is a call to us to see beyond our own horizon and to follow God's lead to begin projects that will require the next generation to complete. This is often how God works in our world. Indeed, it is in Christ many generations later that we find the plans of God brought to fulfillment. He's the one that brings his people into the land where they can receive their inheritance from the Lord. Isn't it beautiful? The name Jesus is the same as the name Joshua. Now, in the process, we're reminded that God works in history across hundreds of years and scores of generations to accomplish his purposes. This is our sovereign God. What an encouragement, a source of joy and comfort it is to know the wisdom of God. Now, about that crazy horse sculpture. After Ruth Zilkowski passed away, three of her children and three of her grandchildren took up the work. And they continue it to this day. There's no telling when the work might be completed. When it's finished, it too will be the work of generations. Let's pray. Faithful and gracious Father, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We think we must complete our work this day or this year, and you show us your faithful plan that spans the centuries. Give us eyes to see beyond our lives and our days that we might more faithfully serve you today. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.